Welcome to the Mojas Druitt Family Team podcast series. I'm Victoria Cobham. And I'm Elizabeth Dowler. And in this podcast series, we're going to be explaining a little bit more about some key family law topics to give people more of an understanding about their money and their life. Today's podcast is going to focus on divorce and divorce law because there has been an absolutely massive upheaval. So it's been a really long time since the divorce law has been looked at, so there's been a huge reform. And we're going to talk about what that looks like on the ground for people thinking about divorcing, um, what the new process and system is. So um, what, what's been the change? What's happened? So previously, we always had a fault-based divorce system, and that meant that most petitions were based on either unreasonable behaviour or adultery. And the reason for that was because if people wanted to get divorced immediately after deciding their marriage was over, they had to rely on a fault-based ground to satisfy the court that they're entitled to a divorce straight away. The other option would have been to wait two or five years. And even if you waited two years, you would need the other party's consent. So it meant that it forced quite a lot of people to point the finger of blame at the other. What we've got now is a change in the law So we've moved to a no-fault divorce system. And that essentially means that neither party has to point the finger of blame at the other. And you can simply approach the court and say, our marriage has broken down irretrievably, and to ask for a divorce. And obviously that's, you know, because we often get a lot of couples who actually are both accepting that marriage has broken down, sort of want to proceed as amicably as possible, particularly if there are children, but didn't want to wait two years understandably wanted to move things forward Mm. and you know we would have to have said pre the 6th of April when this this law changed um, you're going to either have to wait two years or rely on a behaviour ground which just starts things out on a really bad footing Um, so talking about the you know what what do you think the reasons were then for this for this change change in the law so for many years there were pressure to change the law and that was simply because as you said in reality most people just reach the end of the road in their marriage and want to separate amicably. I think that the no-fault divorce really started to gain traction again. There was quite a famous case and it was in a lot of papers and it was called the Owens and Owens case Mm -hmm. and essentially what happened in this case was that the wife asked the court to grant her a divorce based on her husband's unreasonable behaviour and that she couldn't be reasonably expected to to live with him. And the grounds that she relied upon were things such as him prioritising his work over family life, not providing her with love and attention and making her feeling unappreciated. She said that her husband suffered from mood swings, which caused lots of arguments, and she found that distressing and hurtful. She also relied on the fact that he was quite critical towards her and spoke to her in an undermining manner in front of family and friends. So this went off to the court with these particulars and the husband defended it saying, I don't think my behaviour has been unreasonable. This meant that the wife then provided 27 allegations of unreasonable behaviour. Some of them were quite trivial, but actually what the wife said was that they had a cumulative effect on her, leaving her feeling worn down, unhappy, embarrassed and unable to live with him. However, in these circumstances, despite 
the amount of detail the wife gave, the court were not happy to grant a divorce as the wife was unable to establish that the behaviour was unreasonable enough. I think this case was interesting for us as practitioners because in reality, we have all had lots of petitions go through for for far less than she was relying upon. The issue in this case was the husband was contesting his his behaviour and it left the wife in a position whereby she was trapped in this unhappy marriage but had to wait five years to enable her to be granted with a divorce. And that's a long time to be in an unhappy marriage if it's something you don't want to be in anymore. And I think this was one of the cases whereby we started to see a real shift and this was whereby the where the, the, the real change in the law started to happen. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think it really shook up family lawyers actually because we had always said to clients, start things off amicably, even if you want to rely on unreasonable behaviour. Don't don't sort of put a whole ream of unreasonable particular behaviours. Make them quite mild. Let's 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 get this sort of moving forward. And actually, we were, you know, and saying that will be fine. Um, and actually, I, I think a code of conduct sort of said, actually, you know, let's try and try and keep them amicable, mm. sort of keep them mild. And that was seen as almost good practice to kind of to, to draft them mildly. Um, but actually, we were starting to have to then, following this case, change our advice and sort of say mm. if there is any you know any thought that that your spouse might defend this you're going to have to put in an awful lot more based on this case and and that's just not a good way to start things off so I think it was as I say it it changed massively how we as practitioners worked because we had always assumed that actually quite mild particulars um were fine and 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 were good enough but but this sort of made us you know all go oh gosh that that may not now be actually the the right course of action i think it is it was quite an unhelpful process because essentially we were asking people to trawl back through their marriage and then write down five or six times where their spouse had acted unreasonably and i think you know all of us have had times where we've probably been unreasonable in our family relationships, friend relationships, all of those things. And actually to trawl through that history and to have that start the process of your separation was really unhelpful. Yeah. And it, it it put people in a bad place to start with. Yeah. I think this is where the, the stem, the change in the law came from. Yeah, absolutely. And and generally, amongst family practitioners, you know, this is a really positive change. It, it's, re- it's a really good step. step. Um, so if I was wanting to sort of commence divorce proceedings now, now that we've got the, the new law in, in place, where would I start? How does it work? So we have had uh, another kind of procedural change in the divorce law, and that's now that largely everything is conducted online. So we've now got a divorce portal, and that's where we make our applications. In terms of how the no-fault system works, we've now got a position whereby, quite helpfully, you can either make a sole application, so I can make an application myself, or you could say with your spouse, shall we make this application together? And I think... Again, that reflects changes in society. People may have decided jointly that their marriage is over. So rather than one party leading it and being the person who starts the divorce, you've now got the option to say, shall we end this together? There is a, a another change, and that's the cooling off period. So one of the stipulations for the divorce law changing was that there was going to be a 20-week cooling off period. 
And that means that from the date you make your application for divorce, you cannot apply for the next stage until the period of 20 weeks has elapsed. And I think one of the reasons for this was because it stops people from, you know, a knee-jerk reaction, having an argument, putting a divorce petition online, and then suddenly things happening and you being divorced, and you're thinking, oh gosh, I, I didn't really mean that. So we've now got this 20-week cooling off period, which is a period of reflection, but it's also a period within which we do all sorts of discussions in relation to the children and the financial matters. Once you have had your cooling off period, you're then able to apply for the first order in the divorce called a conditional order. This used to be called a decree nisi, however the terminology has now changed. And in terms of costs, um, Mm. so quite often under the old rules obviously, if I relied on my spouse's behaviour as my reason for divorcing, I would then claim all or an element of my costs back. What's the process now? Now there's no fault. So I think in reality, it's going to be very little cost applications made now. Um, is we haven't got a false fault based ground. So I think, in my opinion, the cost applications are going to fall away unless someone is causing causing a specific delay or there's very poor conduct in terms of the actual divorce paperwork going through. But I think that's another change. But in reality. The actual divorce process now should be streamlined a lot further. We're not discussing allegations of unreasonable behaviour, we're not doing lots of draft petitions. So I would hope that people would now realise that actually it's a process we've got to go through. Let's keep the costs as tight as we can so that no one's paying out unnecessarily and realise actually those costs come from the matrimonial pot anyway. So let's just keep this as amicable and pragmatic as we can. Absolutely. And and because it's no fault, hopefully it, it can be as well. So are there any changes that you're seeing on, on the ground in terms of uh, family law and, and this this change sort of affecting anything within that arena or any anticipated changes that you think it, it might have? So it's obviously still really quite new. So, you know, we're recording this in June and the divorce law changed a few months ago. So actually, we're still really early on in this process. For me, I think a lot of people have found it a massive relief not to have to, as I say, trawl back through their marriage and pull out elements of, of behaviour that haven't been haven't been good but my concern with the divorce process changing is I do think that in my opinion there's going to be a few people who they may maybe need to have an outlet to explain why their marriage is broken down and actually the divorce process now is so streamlined that all of that's been taken away I think what I will be looking for in in my practice is is whether those emotions almost come out at later days Um, I think historically when we were dealing with divorce petitions that element of of the unreasonable behaviour was dealt with quite early on and people were able to almost tell their story get it out and then move on more pragmatically however now they haven't got that outlet so it's going to be an interesting journey to see how people react to that I think and I mean one final point that I wanted to sort of raise because uh, a lot of our clients um, you know, assume that once you've got divorced, what is now the final order, but used to be called decree absolute, mm-hmm. you know, that's it. That's all they need to deal with. Um, but actually, it's really important to remember that even if you're divorced, obviously the the the, the, the finances haven't been resolved. And and can you talk through that? Because obviously they're they're related, but they're two quite separate sort of processes. So I always think of the divorce as one train track. 
and the financial matters as another train track and those train tracks run parallel to one another. So we have to get the divorce started, we have to wait for this cooling off period to expire and then we have to apply for the conditional order. The conditional order is just the first part, the first order in the divorce. So yeah, it used to be called the decree nisi. Absolutely and at that point we we almost pause the divorce. And the reason we pause the divorce is because you don't want the final order in the divorce, previously known as a decree absolute, until the finances have been resolved. And that's to do with all sorts of various complicated matters associated with pensions. But the, the principle is, in more than more, most cases, we pause the divorce at the conditional order stage. Once we've got the conditional order, you can apply to the court for a consent order. And a consent order is essentially a contract between the two parties. And what it does, it sets out the financial arrangements. The court will consider that, along with a snapshot of the party's finances, to consider whether the agreement the parties have reached is fair. Once that financial order or consent order is stamped by the court, it then becomes legally binding. At that point, provided six weeks and one day have passed from your conditional order, you can apply for the final order and essentially... That's it. That's the divorce done. And obviously, today's uh, podcast is focusing on, on divorce and that process. But you'll be able to see from our other podcasts that we have sort of done some on finances. So you can listen in there. But I mean, what we would always highlight to clients uh, is don't just think that you get the divorce, the final order, or what, what was known to create absolute and that's it, you have to resolve the finances as well, even if you don't have any assets to, to split as such, and a lot of people think therefore they don't need to do anything, you need to get what's called a clean break order in relation to the finance, because if five, ten years down the line you start a successful business mm. and it makes lots of money, you win the lottery, or you inherit a lot of money, as your financial claims are still open, even though you're divorced, your spouse can make a claim against you because those claims have not been resolved. So really, really important to not just think, oh, I'm divorced, that's it. You must deal with the finances as well. So hopefully that's been helpful today, talking about the new divorce law. And we're hoping that it's really going to help our clients in terms of starting things out on an amicable footing, particularly where there are children involved.